The Will Kane Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? Okay, Tuesday with Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. Um, we do these TV things that you're noticing now if you're watching on ESPN News, but if you're listening, we do these TV rips about a minute and a half, two minutes. You know, I could tease it out, but two minutes to tease out the entire show is insane. Like, yeah. it's just not the way you're going to do it. So it's usually it's something just sort of happens. So I went to grab an OJ in the cafeteria from a man, Will. He's not feeling great today. He's going to be fine. You're not even going to notice. I shouldn't even say anything. <laughs> and there was a guy who I thought looked like Stanzik from Golik and Wingo. And I'm going on there tomorrow morning. So I, I said, hey, man, see you tomorrow. And as I got a little even with him in the in our lanes, it wasn't Stan. I don't even know who the guy was. <laughs> And he didn't even notice. And the whole point is that's not even that interesting, is that Will... Then begins to tell you a story of what I did yesterday, which yeah. is... By the way, somebody says to me, I'm walking down the hall, they're like, hey, how are you doing? And I respond, thank you. <laughs> because it becomes... We're so automatic in our hallway small talk now. It's like, yeah, yeah, or anything. Like, hey, enjoy your flight. You too. Like, he doesn't really know, want to know how I'm doing. No one so, no one really cares. So yeah. I just jumped to the thank you on accident. But the point is I missed the heart out on the TV. And I... And it wasn't even close. I mean, it wasn't just a, a miss. I got a five-second call in my ear. And I started and my you story. you started your whole t- – and it wasn't just I'm going to get a line here, a little zinger. Like, you can do it in about 1.4 seconds you can get a line in, and you were just like, <gasps> deep breath. And I go, oh, no, he's going to tell a story. <laughs> and the graphics already changed. Can I just get this out? All right, because I know this has happened to me a couple times, so you guys are thinking it's a character flaw. And maybe it is. But I do defensively quickly turn to Bubba like, you don't have my IFE turned up. And that was wrong. You did. But now we need to turn to engineering because now I've figured it out. If I have my IFB turned up, I don't hear anything. I have to have it turned up all the way. It's either zero or I can hear you. That's it. So my mistake is having it midway turned up. There we go. So those listening at home, that's how radio works. Uh, okay. All right. So we're good there. Yeah. We're good there. Okay. This is what we're going to do today. We have some NFL stuff that I, I want to get to. And this is kind of an NFL topic, but I don't want to lead with the Bucks. Okay. The Bucks are a disappointment. Thank are they God. the biggest disappointment in the NFL? Okay. Maybe we can hear from Jameis a little so bit. Yeah, we're good right now. <laughs> we're just going to push that off because I just didn't want to lead the show today going, Rosillo show, Bucks talk. Okay. Now we could talk about what it means to the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers being out. But this is bigger. This is all-encompassing. This is pro sports, okay? And this is a pro sports conversation. I'm watching the Celtics last night, and I'm watching Jason Tatum. And Tatum is somebody, remember, they had the number three pick when they traded back with Philadelphia. Philadelphia takes Fultz. Fultz was generally the consensus mock draft guy, teams you talk to around the league. Some people thought it was Fultz and Ball. It didn't ever really feel like Jason Tatum out of Duke was in the conversation to be the number one overall pick. And that surprised me. The more you watch him, you're like, man, he's so big. He's smooth. Is he a little passive? Fine. I know he had an injury at the beginning of the year. And now it's worked out to be absolutely terrific for the Celtics. Tatum is better than you thought he would be. This is not a knock on Fultz. I'm not even knocking Ball right now, but Tatum looks awesome. He leads the NBA right now in three-point shooting percentage. He's at almost 52% as a kid that was in high school two years ago, and we're not even halfway through the season. Will it regress? Sure, fine. So then I start digging into his numbers even more because I just love his game so much. He is going to be a multiple-time All-Star in his career. That's how good he is. He can shoot, he can handle, he can drive, he can defend, and he's big even though he's skinny. He's got this frame. I love him, I love him, I love him, okay? That part of the rant crush thing you understand. And because I'm pointing out that he's sixth in shot attempts on the Celtics, five other Celtics take more shots than Tatum. Marcus Smart, where there should be a rule in the fourth quarter, he's just not allowed to shoot, 
if Adam Silver announced it this week, I would retweet it. Okay? He is sixth in shot attempts. And I'm going, man, if Tatum were on a bad team, he would put up crazy numbers. But then it becomes this weird Celtics on Celtics crime deal where it's like, how dare you say that about Brad Stevens? And I go, look, I read your articles up there in Boston, too, that somehow Tatum has become this dude, this flower that would have never sprouted had he not played for Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is awesome, too. But if you'd watch Tatum at Duke and you see the skill set there now, he would score anywhere he played. It's just sure it's a little safer. He's asked to do a little bit less with Boston, but he would be rookie of the year. He still could be rookie of the year this year, but I think he'd put up less efficient, more dominant numbers. And then it becomes, how dare you say that about Brad Stevens, which led to Sarudi's question here today, where you feel like Brad Stevens is in an entirely different category when we look at pro head coaches. Yeah, I was wondering if he's the only coach that is more important than any of the players on his team. Like, you would take him before you took any of the players. Because I think a lot of Celtics fans would say that they would take Stevens over any player on the team. Over Kyrie. Over Kyrie. Over Jason Tatum. Yep. Like, he's the guy that makes it tick. Would you take Brad Stevens over those two guys? I have almost always, and I'm talking 99.9% of the time, I will take the player over the coach every single time. So now this becomes a Kyrie Brad Stevens thing. And I'd still take Kyrie over Brad Stevens. You would. As, as great as I think Brad Stevens is, I would rather have a top 20 player to start my franchise with than, I know that sounds nuts, but I just, basketball, it is the player, it is the player, it is the player. No, I don't think it sounds nuts. In fact, if I put it to you this way, is there how many, and let's just keep it to the NBA for the moment, because it's, the NBA is the hardest sport to make a coach over player argument for, right? Without question. Can you find one then? Can you find an well, NBA pro coach? Sports, in pro sports, Let's right? just do NBA and then we'll expand it. Okay. Could you find an NBA coach that you will take over any player on his roster? I, I don't I don't remember playing tonight. I didn't play. <laughs> okay, Popovich might be, if you're going to do the Brad Stevens, and it's specific to the Celtics roster, if we just... We can do kind of roster versus coach here because I think that's fun too. It's a Rosillo show, Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, best phones, best networks, no contracts with Will Kane. Would you take Brad Stevens or Kyrie to start your team? Because I think Kyrie's the best guy to go with with the Celtics here. But should we just cut to the, the lead here and go, well, I would take Pop over anybody on the Spurs. You take Pop over Kawhi? No, I'd take Kawhi over Pop. No, okay. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to figure out like how to frame the question. But I am the player before coach guy, okay? Just because I've watching this league for years, it's it's hard to talk me out of it. As great as I think these two dudes are as head coaches, you're not unique though. Don't act like this is the Ryan Russillo personality. <laughs> okay, you know, in the NBA, you're going to have a hard time finding any coach you're going to take over his star player. I told you in our pre-show meeting, and it happened very quickly. It was almost you could say instinctual for me that there is one coach who I would take over anybody on his roster. But the on his roster part is the key. It's not over any player in the NBA, right? So I agree, Kawhi over Pop. Oh, that's the closest call. Kyrie and maybe Jason Tatum and maybe Jalen Brown over Brad Stevens. I no. like Jalen Brown a lot. Okay, you can like him a lot, but like that's your... That's nuts. Here's the argument I made to you. Jalen Brown's better than I thought he would be, but... You, See, you're doing a thing there where you were slow on Jason Tatum, so you're going to hold on just in case here. No, Jalen. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're slow on Jalen Brown. No, I, I'm admitting that I was wrong about who Jalen Brown ended up becoming. Right. But... I the idea that like you think Jalen Brown's going to be better than Jason Tatum? Just just go with me here. Okay, all right, all right. Sorry, I'm distracting you. Rick Carlisle in Dallas. See, here's, I, I it, would take Rick Carlisle over anybody on the Dallas Mavericks right now. That is more about the Mavericks roster, but as I say Fair. that, it sounds like I am not being 
uh, complimentary towards Carlisle. And Carlisle is someone, when I look at that Maz roster beginning of the year and be like, well, how many Maz games will I watch this season? I hope not many because they're not very good. And I've caught them a few more times recently, and they're still competitive. I think that roster's terrible. And when you talk to other front offices and you start you know, kicking around different teams around the league, there's so many guys with other NBA teams that go, oh, Rick will get you 10, 12 more wins than you're supposed to have. Like, Rick's that good. He's that good of a coach. Look, you're right, though, it's about his roster. Right? It's The argument isn't that Rick is better than Popovich. The argument is when compared against his roster, Dirk is in the sunset of his career. And right now, I think Dennis Smith Jr. was going to be great, but I have more faith that Rick Carlisle is great. So I would take Rick Carlisle over Dennis Smith Jr. But that's about the – right. I mean, if you were saying you could start your NBA franchise, like if you said – Okay, you can't have LeBron, you can't have Durant, you can't have Curry, you can't have Harden, you can't have Westbrook, you can't have Giannis, you can't have Anthony Davis. Maybe we cut it off there. You know, Chris Paul used to be in that group, but he's been terrific again. So say you take out the top 10 players, would you start your NBA franchise with a Popovich or a Brad Stevens before you started it with one of those next group of players? Not the top 10, you're saying, essentially, but the 10 to 20 range? Yeah. I think I'd still take the player in the 10 to 20 range. Yeah, I think I would too. We should do this for the NFL too. Is there any coach well, who would take over NFL players on his roster? I'm sure a lot of people would argue they would take Belichick no matter what. Is he the only one? Sean Payton? Tressman was different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your thoughts on that at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. This has to be like the unanimous most disappointing storyline from the NFL. And if you're on the fence, I think we'll both convince you when we lay out all the evidence against this particular storyline from the summer. That's next with Will Kane, The Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from Geico. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, Straight Talk Wireless, nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. Uh, we're going to have Bill Polian on what would you do with Blake Bortles? He thinks it's pretty simple. One solution to the whole Blake Bortles deal and his contract. We'll ask him about a bunch of different things. We also have Kobe's retirement celebration. Lakers actually end up losing at home to Golden State. Golden State's not playing with Curry. No dream on last night either. But before we jump into this most disappointing storyline, of the NFL season, which I think is fairly obvious. 
you want to carry over a little bit of what we did at the start of the show where we just started throwing around like current NBA roster. Is there a coach that you would take over anyone on his roster? And then it becomes this whole thing like just at Brad Stevens in general. Would you rather start a franchise with him or a player that stays in top 10? But would you want to do the Would end? you rather take Brad Stevens or Kyrie Irving? Would you rather have Brad Stevens or Jason Tatum to build your franchise around? Would you rather have Rick Carlisle or Dennis Smith Jr.? These are the only debates to be had. Would you rather have Greg Popovich or Kawhi Leonard to build your franchise around? Is the there next a coach? Well, yeah, I think I think Carlisle is a yes. I think we're both on the same page. Popovich is a no. You take Kawhi over Popovich. Yeah. You take Kyrie over Stevens. I, I think Carlisle I, might be the only one, and it's a reflection of his roster. That's what it is. Yeah, see, that's the thing. is It's not so much like I'm more of a coach versus a player guy, which right. I, I still think more people, and maybe you're right to call me out and be like, you're not really unique over there with Silo <laughs> for going, well, I would rather have the player in the NBA. But Woj texted me. He goes, he'd rather have Spolstra than anybody else on the Heat. I hope he told me I could do that. Um, we got because, a lot of high-profile yeah, response the last Field few days. Yates. Have you noticed that? So how about this? Woj and Field Yates agreeing that they both take Spolstra over any player on the Heat, even Dion Waiters. Who did we get shout-outs from yesterday, direct to us during the show? Got in on the billionaire conversation, besides right. the real billionaires that called. <laughs> That's right. Pee Wee Robichaud and Dwayne, the Bitcoin billionaire. <laughs> yeah, and he nailed it, too. He goes, better about three years. About three years. Uh, people loved, like, freaked out about the billionaires thing. Yeah, we heard from, I can't remember, some, like... Chris Long liked the billionaire segment. Go. Right. I don't know. Um, there's there's a lot of people, a lot of high profile people. The problem is we can't. Sir Mix a Lot was one of them. Oh, Sir Mix a Lot, right? Just, there's some people <laughs> that reached out too that we just don't want it because they're in that world. We don't want to just start throwing all their. Just know you're in there. good company out yeah. there. Those of you that are listening, yeah, exactly. Super famous, successful people that reached out that like the billionaires calling in. You're we in appreciate company. it. So would you go Belichick over Brady? Man, well, this, take see, it I back don't want to get. I don't want to get. I don't want to trip into that eternal debate, right? But the answer to that is this: Brady's forty. So if I'm starting now, and we did this with Carlisle and said, you know, Dirk is well, at this his stage of his career. You got it. But I'm also the guy that says yeah, Brady's Brady going to do this for, a lot. I know, and yeah. I said he's going to last for three or four more years. Your and takes are over. <laughs> like, if you had a take chart, <laughs> this is what my takes would... get. Yes. <laughs> I've got take conflict. That should be an amazing. Wait a minute. First take should be selling take flow chart seg, like T-shirts. Dude, I keep up. Don't you worry. Uh, no, but I, no, you, I mean, I have a list. This is an amazing idea. <laughs> you should all independently have your, your own brand, your own Stephen A., your own Max Kellerman. Oh, I busted Stephen K. A. today because your, he didn't have one, man. Your ta- yeah, but that's like whatever your things that you're super married to long term, just a bubble over here that says Pittsburgh Steelers are garbage. But then if it overflows and it says a little bit about like Brady being in the system, then that bubble yes. starts overlapping into the Steelers being garbage. And you're like, these are not separate. Like some, they should be at opposite ends. Yeah. But see, like beautiful mind over here sees that shirt even when they're not wearing it. So nice. when you tell me Jesse Pie. James is a catch, but you don't care that Des wasn't a catch, I know you're not consistent. I know those are right over, those are right like over each other. And so now I know you're just being a hypocrite. Yeah. Okay. Where were we? Uh, anybody the- besides Belichick? How about that? Sean Payton, Drew Brees. Brees. How about this one then? I got uh, you're, this changed in the last. Although, you remember when Payton was gone? We oh. just thought they'd be fine. Yeah. And Payton is underrated, man. He is. As I look through that list of NFL head coaches, you, it doesn't take long to after Belichick to get to Payton's name. Because you'd still always rather have the quarterback. I mean, the problem with the NFL is, I was thinking about this the other night when we were doing the MVP thing because you keep suggesting maybe Antonio Brown should be MVP, but by definition That's dead of, now, but yeah, yeah, but by definition of MVP, and you're right, I didn't mean to like say, hey, look how dumb you are, he hurt his calf. <laughs> it was more of going into this past week, you were at least suggesting yeah. him as MVP. Uh 
if you look the definition of the, it's it's impossible to think of anybody else winning besides that position of quarterback, which seems unfair. It would be as if you had an NBA team, a rebounder, a screener, a defender, and a passer, but only one designated shooter. Only one guy was allowed to shoot right. in basketball. So you could have all these other things you really like, but if your designated shooter was, I don't know, Marcus Smart, you're not going to be any good. Like you would, you would look at the Warriors and go, "Oh my gosh, they they got Brady in his prime as their designated shooter." Like Steph's the only one allowed to shoot. I know that may sound weird, but that's almost how I look at the NFL. So it, like you can have all these other things in place, tackle, defensive ends, it doesn't not matter if your designated shooter right, right. isn't any good. So you're making an argument for quarterback over anybody. Okay, this one I think is going to be easier for you to answer in the last two weeks. But if I'd asked you this two weeks ago, Kyle Shanahan or anybody on the 49ers roster? Well, I would I would have taken Shanahan probably at that point, except for maybe Thomas, defensive lineman, who looks like he's going to be terrific. But now it's Garoppolo, right? Yeah. Now you have a guy. I got one more. And it looks oh. really good. McVay? Sean McVay. Great example of one. I can't, am I actually going to say out loud I'll take Goff over McVay? <laughs> After what we did you've to got Goff? Some, you've got some take conflict. By the way, your bubbles are overlapping here. Be careful. I need an XL. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to say McVeigh still. So McVeigh over. Well, it doesn't have to be Goff, by the way. You could take Gurley. You could take Aaron. You could take Aaron Donald. I actually think I go with McVeigh, even though more often than not, I go. How's my quarterback situation? And you know what? That could be an awful take in a couple years. Awful, (laughs) garbage. I'm already worried about it. Priscilla Show on ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Upside.com. Giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season. Upside.com. Tampa loses last night. Is there a more disappointing storyline in the NFL than the Tampa Bay Bucks? Um, For most of the people in sports media, and I guess the fans in Tampa Bay, the answer is obviously yes. Because everybody bought into the offseason moves. That's the thing. Hard knocks theory, man. Look how serious they're taking it. Look at all the leaders. Uh, See that segment on leaders they did in episode three? It was amazing. There's family there. Yeah, but it wasn't just Hard Knocks. It was Deshaun Jackson. It was O.J. Howard. It was look at all the weapons Jameis finally has. It's like this thing's going to come together because now everything's right for Jameis. Do you know what their wins are this year? They're 4-10, and 10, okay? They're not any good. Their wins are the Bears, the Giants, the Jets, and Miami. Those are their four wins. And people loved them this summer. Mm-hmm. And it's a talented team. But I don't. There's individual disappointment, but collectively, like I still feel like Tennessee's kind of disappointing, and they're the five seed in the AFC. So that's stupid. I can't even say that. But I was going through it this morning trying to. Is there anyone else, Saruti? Is there anything else where you go that's more disappointing than what Tampa's? Because Tampa was hot. People love Tampa this summer. I feel like we're always like a few years too early on these teams. Like the Jags were everyone's darling for like two years, and then they stunk. They stunk, and then this year they have the breakout year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks like made the playoffs last next year. Well, I got one. Aren't the aren't the Raiders more disappointing than the Bucks? That's a pretty good one because we're talking Super Bowl aspirations there. Tampa was just Jameis franchise guy, ten plus wins, maybe win the division. But I think the comparison between those two is that it felt like Oakland, the expectations were they were going to do greater things than Tampa did. But I guess look, both MVP, teams. Have, a year ago, we were talking about Derek Carr as an MVP yeah. candidate. They were thirteen and three. They did lose their quarterback, their top two quarterbacks going into the playoffs, but it all looked like it would continue this year. It all looked like it. 
But, you know, we did say on this show a lot during the summer that defense was terrible last year. And Khalil no Mack one, and those guys? Yeah, that's right. That's that 11-deep crew. But that's good. I, I think you offered up another suggestion. The Giants? People pumped the Giants up. They did. I can name a few guys who did. I'm on set with them in the morning. Get him a t-shirt. I love this take t-shirt idea. I do, too. It'd be... It'd be. Mine are going to be a bunch of freestanding bubbles, no overlap. Not nah, just in perfect order ascending. Yes. Yes. No no issues whatsoever. Okay, coming up next, Bill Polian. What would he do with Blake Bortles? What would he do with Garoppolo? Contracts this offseason for, I can't say big-name QBs, but headline grabbers this offseason. So that's next. Will Kane Rosillo Show ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. We got Bill Poley and this is going to be perfect. All right. So we're going to bang out a bunch of rapid fire kind of. Off-season stuff on quarterback questions. We got Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app, and some stuff on Kobe from last night's two-uniform retirement. Okay, first deal, Polian. Sorry to call you by your last name. I don't mean to be disrespectful, Bill. What would you do with Blake Bortles? You're running the Jacks. Well, the option's already picked up, so the only issue you have is a guarantee on injury. And so uh, I probably would uh, let it stand. You've done it already. And then uh, see what other alternatives are out there. So you would not be interested based on who he's been through the, I would imagine, I'm, I'm guessing here, Bill, the bulk of his career, not just his past month. You would just ride it out for the year. You wouldn't want to do a new deal. That would be my inclination. And start looking Depending for what him. happens in the playoffs. So would there be anything that would make you want to guarantee him the kind of money that we see out there for other quarterbacks? Not at this point. And you would, as you just said, start looking for an alternative. Well, whether I'd look for an alternative or not remains to be seen relative to how he does in the playoffs. They're going to get a really good seed, I think. Uh, let's see how he performs. That could change your thinking. But uh, right now, there's nothing that would indicate that uh, you'd want to pay the kind of money that a franchise tag would bring. Now let's put you in the San Francisco 49ers front office. What do you do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Sign him. Give him everything he wants? Well, look, you know, you got to, you got to, you arrive at a contract that works for both parties, but get him signed. Yeah, without question. We were going through the coaches list uh, for for this off season, and what's what's been the hardest decision you've had to make moving on from a head coach? Like, how did you handle it? Take us through one that you think about maybe more than the others. Um, the the, diff, the most difficult one was Jim Mora. Uh, because it didn't have to do with him. It had to do with some staff people, that, and, and it wasn't really their fault. It was a fit with, with the salary cap and the players we had on the team. I didn't feel, and ownership didn't feel, that we were going to advance as far as we could have unless we made some systemic changes, and that involved 
moving some coaches, and Jim didn't want to do it. And and in the end, it, it, we changed everything. Tony Dungy came in, which you know we were very fortunate that he was available. Uh, but but that was really that was a difficult one. Does he fight you on it? Does he get it? I mean, Jim been around football. No, no, no. He time. he did not want to go. Nor, nor did he want to make the changes. And I respect him for that. So how hard was that conversation? Is just you two? No, no. The owner really made the decision in the end. So you're sitting in the room with the owner? Uh, no, I don't, I don't. Not that I remember. Hmm. Speaking of owners that you've worked for, Jerry Richardson, Carolina Panthers owners, obviously in the news this week. He looks like he's going to be selling the team based upon some allegations over the way he's conducted his, himself over the last couple of years. Tell us the Jerry Richardson you knew working for him in the mid-90s. Well, it was a very different situation to begin with. First of all, it was a brand new franchise. He was still learning the ropes as an NFL owner. He was learning what it was like to, to run a large organization of people that are very highly skilled and very highly paid. That hadn't been the case in his restaurant business, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a business that couldn't have been more different than, than a retail restaurant business in terms of how you, how you perform on the field, what has to be done, where the entertainment business as opposed to some other business. So he was adjusting to that. His involvement was much more with the players than with me, some with Dom Capers, but he was principally, his one-on-one stuff was with the players. Uh, I dealt with his son, Mark, who was running the, the business side, basically. I mean, he was around, and he was a, a very gregarious and nice and outgoing presence who had a very firm belief in how he wanted the organization run. There was no two ways about that. It was his way or the highway on, on certain issues like drugs and, and things of that nature. But uh, uh, otherwise, he was certainly closer in terms of interaction with the players than he was with us. Did the news this week come as a surprise to you? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. It's, that's not something I ever saw when I was there. I want to ask you about something else we just mentioned a moment ago when you and I were talking. Another part of your career path. You were on the uh, committee to establish what a catch is. Reestablish what it was. <laughs> I was on the competition committee originally and then recently since I've been employed by ASPN back on the committee to revisit it. Where are we, Bill? Do you believe we, I mean, look, if I ask you, do we know what a catch is? You're going to lay out the rules to me on what a catch is. I'm going to tell you exactly what a catch is. Okay. Tell me exactly what a catch a is. A catch without, without going to the ground is as follows. Possession, two feet on the ground, and a period of time necessary to protect yourself from an oncoming tackler. That's a catch. Anything else is not. It's either an incomplete pass or nothing. It's a complete or incomplete. If you go to the ground, and this is where people get confused and, and because they conflate the two, if you go to the ground, then you must possess the ball all the way through the completion of the catch, which means when you've got control and you stop rolling over and you stop writhing on the ground or doing whatever you're doing. So it's that really that simple. It's not hard. It's black and white. That's the change that we made. We made it black and white. There's one small exception, which is too arcane to talk about. But I think, and you can tell me I'm completely confused on this, but the, the, the challenge seems to be when you have established yourself as a runner as opposed to simply going to the ground and so let me you're give you the best example the two. Well, you're conflating the two that's the problem you didn't hear what i said i did hear what you said i listened very well <laughs> ryan can attest to that did des bryant in the process in 2015 because i think it's actually similar but but distinguishable with what happened with jesse james establish himself on the ground as a runner before he hit the ground 
and the ball came loose. No. We'll have to Absolutely not. <laughs> and it couldn't be more different than the Jesse James play. Yeah, I don't think there's any disagreement on it. Jesse James was clearly going to the ground through the entire right. process. Des Bryant was going to the ground. He was not a runner. That's the that's I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. I saw yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually am surprised people have, have had such a hard time with this one. Like, whenever I hear anybody say, well, the running back can do this, well, the running back already has possession on the handoff. That's correct. That's exactly correct. Running back has possession, yeah, yeah. a receiver does not. No, but not. when somebody goes, oh, you can just dive at a pylon, be like, yeah, because he <clears throat> already had the ball the whole time. Look, I, the thing is, I, I'm not looking to have a debate or a big argument. I saw three <laughs> steps and a hand, okay? And so I'm like, hey, that guy looks like he's making, I know we've taken the language of football move out, but he's gone from simply the process of the catch to doing something that has established himself as a runner. Bill Polian. Uh, well, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I can, you guys, we good? Yeah, well, of course. Do you think the Sixers peak too early, Bill? <laughs> I haven't the vaguest idea. <laughs> he looked at the look on his face. Yeah. You're the best, man. Merry See Christmas. Ya. Bill Polian. Okay. He is uh, out of here. A question about Kobe uh, that certainly wasn't going to be asked last night. Will Kane, the Rosilla Show, ESPN Radio. Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh wait, there it is. I was really worried for a second. Oh, they took your stereo too. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Watched a good chunk of the Kobe ceremony last night. Um, watching the Lakers Warriors, it was really the only late, uh, last late game on there. And the Kobe repair is a fascinating story because we're talking about somebody who was charged with rape in 2003, an incident in Colorado. Um, the accuser ended up not testifying. There was some sort of settlement. And depending on what you've read or not read, I'm, I'm sure you've all at some point come up with your own opinion on what you think did or didn't happen. I think I've evolved quite a bit in the way I look at kind of this stuff um, and going, you know, like stop stop just being a guy all the time about some things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like have more of an open mind. But the Kobe one, personally, I read through it and, and I don't I, I don't I don't like when people describe him uh, as a rapist. I don't. So. The reason I bring that up is just that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm look in 2017, I'm fearful for even saying that sentence out loud on a radio show with the way we talk about some of this stuff now. But I've read through all the Kobe stuff and that's that. And I think he has done something to repair his image. And then in his farewell season, did this kind of playful Kobe retirement thing that was almost unexpected. And now everybody just the overall approval rating of Kobe is way beyond what you thought it would be maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, I think your fear, what you just said about even uttering that statement, asking that question, is the larger point. Because I have no interest in relitigating Kobe's rape trial. I have no interest in, you know, trying to have a conversation that retarnishes Kobe's legacy. I just think it's fascinating when you juxtapose where Kobe was last night, being completely honored, having two numbers retired in Los Angeles, all honors that he has earned through his basketball career against the climate society existing today where allegations are destroying careers. I'm not saying rightfully or wrongfully. I I have to know facts of each individual incident to say whether or not I think in my judgment it's a fair assessment or not. But the point is we know that's the threshold 
Right now, the threshold is allegations. Yes, yeah, right. And in Kobe's case... And this is where you feel like you have to say what you just said a second time. And you go, yeah, right. this does not mean I think every single allegation is false and that I think the threat... You know, it's just, or even that allegations... Just, I, I'm not even saying I don't think allegations should be enough sometimes, right? It right. just depends each on its own individual fact. Pattern. I think everybody could agree that that whatever was a an offense that could, could ruin you today, like it doesn't take nearly as much today as it would have taken... 10, 15 years ago. Totally, and okay? that's the point. And that's, that's, and that's the, point. the point. Kobe was charged, man. Charged. So what are you asking then? I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how, I just don't know where we are in society. We don't have a consistent application of standards. And it's just, maybe there's that's a, not, I mean, it's, it's not, not a fame exception because we're ousting famous people left and right right now. stuff that happened in the 70s. Yeah, so you can't say, well, Kobe's got this fame card exception. No, it's not that. It's not time. It's not. It's not because it was fourteen years ago. Who are we relitigating seventies accusations on? Wasn't some of this Dustin Hoffman stuff? Yeah, well, you're saying that reminds me. I think the Kevin Spacey stuff was from the nineties. It was from early on. And then here, we're we're honoring Kobe, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I just don't understand. Like, what are? How come? Do you think? You see what I'm saying? I can't draw lines from A to B to did C. Did you do this on first take today? No. Okay. Do you think this is why some people hate you? <laughs> do you think that here we are we got the two jerseys going up and i'm the guy over in the corner going huh really yeah like the day of does well, this i've get... had this conversation right. and it's true that i don't you're gonna get me on this because i want to acknowledge my like the day a guy dies i, I don't know that his obituary has to lead with his lowest hits you know yeah and i don't think we need to sit there and go you know so and so died today let's just all take a moment and review how awful he was. Yeah, and there's then some we people that, move on. that think that like Belichick, when he dies in the first sentence, Spygate should be referenced. Right. I'm and you not go, that eh, guy. You know. And I don't want to be a guy at the party either. You know when you're at the party, or better yet, let's just keep the metaphor going. We're at the funeral, and everybody's like, it's a shame, but you're the guy going, yeah, but, you know, I'm not, taxes. I'm, I'm not that guy. But it isn't, my point is, it isn't about Kobe. It isn't about bringing up his lowlights when his jerseys are being raised in the rafters. It's more about us and society and going, how come here, but not here? And, it, and if there's no good answer, and, and you're Ryan, not mad about it either. I'm not I, mad I, about I, it. I want to, I want to yeah. reinforce that for people that aren't watching you right now. It's it's not being mad. It's just, it just doesn't make any damn sense, man. And if it doesn't make sense, it makes me go, what's the motivations? If you don't have consistent application, my next question is why? I believe that if you go through all the Kobe stuff, uh, you can, and, and this is what's always difficult about the, the male-female debate on this stuff, is that I go through all the Kobe stuff and I go, this is, this is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable saying, okay, I believe Kobe Bryant is, is somebody that rapes him. I, I just would never feel comfortable after reading through everything. And you can say, well, you know, he was charged, but it ended up not happening. But, you know, that was all about money. Uh, Whatever whatever Kobe's figured out and whatever he's done, or maybe it's a lot of people in the media and pu- people in the public going through and reading everything, he has done a repair job on his image unlike very few people we've ever seen before. And we were talking about that earlier. All right, coming up, coaches that could be fired, one that shouldn't be next.